0: This week's podcast is brought to you by Avast, a global leader in digital security and family safety solutions for network operators and their customers. The needs of consumers are changing. Wherever they are, wherever they go, whatever device they use, they expect their digital lives to be seamless, simple, safe, and secure. With over 15 years of experience delivering award winning security solutions with network operators, Avast makes it easy for consumers to manage their digital life security using just one simple interface. That's security for all devices, wherever they are and however they connect. Let Avast help you build a safer digital world for your customers. Discover more at avast.com partners. That's A-V-A-S-T dot slash partners. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on this podcast by Ramona Chow, uh, one of my colleagues at Omdia, and she's based in Beijing. She covers uh, some of the uh, Asian markets and some of the technology developments there, and on this show in particular, we'll be discussing the 5G market in South Korea been about a year since 5G service was introduced in South Korea commercially. the operators there are very competitive and the government there is very willing to uh, do things to support the 5g market uh, not with uh, not only with uh, regulation but with subsidies as well. Um, the they've had some network issues uh, they've uh, struggled to keep ARPU high but in general the consumer response has been good and the network, Uh, usage is off the charts Uh, in short they're really leading the world in 5g and things are really taking off in south korea so we'll let ramona fill you in on all the details and we'll get to that including details from her new report right after this break The market for 5G in South Korea is just about one year old. And to discuss that today, I am joined by Omdia analyst uh, Ramona Chow in Beijing. Hi, Ramona.
1: Hi, there.
0: Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So you've been reporting and covering on, uh, uh, for Omdia, the... Uh, South Korean market. I guess the first place we should start is the to talk about the the progress that uh, South Korea as a country has made in in the 5G market. Uh, how what kind of progress has been made so far?
1: South Korea is making an encouraging progress in 5G. This is shown in three aspects. Well, first. 5G has shown fast adoption in the early stage. The number of 5G subscribers surpassed 1 million milestone in only 69 days after South Korea launched commercial 5G service on April 3, 2019. The early uptake of 5G in South Korea has proved faster than that of 4G. It only takes 69 days for 5G to hit the 1 million milestone, which is faster than 4G's 80 days. And secondly, South Korea has demonstrated 5G's potential to drive up data usage. According to the Ministry of Science and ICD, which is the South Korean regulator, the Mm -hmm. monthly data usage per 5G user stood at 27.1 GB in January 2020, nearly three times that of 4G, which is 9.7 GB over the same period. And finally, 5G commercialization improved the telco's operating performances by elevating the declining trend of their mobile pools You know, before the 5G era, the three big service providers, SK Telecom, KT, and LGU Plus, they were finding it difficult to maintain their mobile pool This is shown by the dropping trend of their reported quarterly mobile approves. After launching 5G in April 2019, all three South Korean telcos reported a consecutive two-quarter growth of their mobile app pool, which was really a remarkable achievement. So mm-hmm. overall, I think South Korea is making an encouraging progress in 5G.
0: Yeah, it seems so. It's a uh, grown... Uh, the, the uptake has been faster. The mm-hmm. data usage has been more, the mm-hmm. it's paying off in the financials. Like you said, uh, in case people are listening to this and they're not familiar with ARPU, it's average revenue per user. So the, yeah, the right. key kind of, kind of a key metric that mobile operators use in their, uh, profitability statements. Um, mm-hmm. so there's really, uh, a lot of things trending upward. Um, what do you think was mostly fueling that progress? What what helped everything uh, start up so quickly?
1: Mm-hmm. I think multiple drivers are fueling that progress. Well, the first one is the government support. The South Korean government has, for our test, 5G development and has shown its determination to lead the global 5G industry. You know, the efforts in 5G have been made in South Korea since 2013. And in 2020, just this year, the South Korean government continues to demonstrate its support for 5G. They have announced three policy packages to promote the investment in 5G. And uh, the second driver, I think that is the fast deployment of 5G network. By the end of 2019, the three South Korean service providers had rolled out a massive 5G network um, covering 85 dense urban areas and over 90% of the South Korean population to support the fast growing demand of 5G traffic. And according to the regulator, the number of 5G base stations as of December 20, 2019 had increased by 2.6 times compared to the number of 5G base stations as of April 3rd, 2019, that's when the 5G network was launched.
0: I was just saying, so the, the government has, they not only made it easy to get started, but they, they continue to um, support it in the regulatory environment even after 5G services started launching. So they made it easier and easier to keep building out the infrastructure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And the third driver, I think that is the service providers Have been successfully delivering innovative services where experiences could be enhanced significantly by 5G networks, such as AR and VR. The 5G commercial status in South Korea has proved that the consumers have an appetite for innovative 5G services, particularly immerse experiences, because according to LGU, high usage of AR and VR has already drove 20% of LGU 5G traffic. Yeah, I think that's the third driver. The final driver is the large subsidy for South Korean service providers as their early 5G service providers. A major dilemma is their desire to drive 5G adoption, but like economies of scale. So that's the early dilemma, but the service providers have successfully breached the gap by generously investing in 5G device subsidies at the early stage of their five commercial services. So I think all the four drivers government support, fast 5g network deployment, innovative services and large subsidies those are the main drivers for the progress
0: yeah it's interesting that it's it's certainly not one driver coming from one side so it can't all be the government and it can't all be the consumers and it's it's a mm-hmm. interesting ecosystem everybody sort of has to, All of these things kind of had to arrive at the same time. Um, That leaves an interesting setup for the carriers that are involved, the service providers. So now they've got this um, uh, friendly government that's that's a government that's friendly toward 5G expansion. They've got a consumer base that's eager for these uh, new services and, and uses quite a bit of bandwidth. What's the competitive environment like between the different carriers?
1: Mm -hmm. I think the competition on 5G is intense. All the three South Korean service providers are eager to win the early market share, and they started a 5G subsidy war. It is reported that LG's V50 5G smartphone had been subsidized by the three telcos with high discounts of over 50% 50% attract the 5G customers. And in terms of market share, SK Telecom still holds the largest 5G customer base. But we see that LGU Plus has achieved a remarkable result in gaining 5G subscribers. Because based on the three telcos reported mobile subscriber numbers, LG Plus had acquired nearly 25% of total 5G subscribers in South Korea by the end of 2019 and improved its total market share to 22%. Before 5G consumer services launched in April, LG Plus presented a total mobile market share of 21.5%. And so far, we have seen two factors contributing to LGU+ success. On one hand, LGU+ is continuously involving its 5G services by expanding innovative offerings. On the other hand, LGU+ has attached great importance to creating exclusive content to differentiate it. B2C services in the 5G era.
0: So the subsidies seem to be working for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that makes a a difference definitely in consumers' lives. Um, That was one of the things in the U.S. market that really helped 4G uh, get going was, I mean, that the handsets at first were very, um, very expensive and they're still still quite expensive, but... uh, carriers and uh, uh, device makers found ways to stretch out the cost and maybe not burden the consumer with the uh, the expense all at one time and so the the, the uptake was a, a lot uh, a lot more aggressive because people would it would kind of buy now and pay later I guess--
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the same thing happening in South Korea with five day launched.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I guess the, the last question I have, I do want to encourage people to uh, take a look at, at, at your report. Um, the report title, if you're uh, an Omdia subscriber, is uh, 5G in South Korea, uh, best practices and lessons from the first year of 5G commercial service. It's got um, lots of great information in there about how the market, uh, how the market stands right now, but more importantly, how it developed and how it got there. Um, the last thing that I want to cover is just, um, this is kind of a concern for the U S market too, but it, when we look at, um, what 5g is, there's obviously a lot of different, uh, uh, radio bands and speeds that make up 5g that need to kind of be harmonized for a, a good network experience, um, depending on the provider. Um, so I guess my question for, for for you is, why should service providers be really careful to provide a good network experience when they're rolling out 5G?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. I think service providers should be particularly careful with network experience when launching their 5G service. Because with 5G network deployment, I take longer to deliver good coverage with higher speed and capacity than with 4G since 5G uses higher frequency spectrum, so needs more base stations. Specifically for South Korea, the fast-growing 5G subscribers and traffic demand have also brought challenges to service providers at their early stage of 5G launch because the South Korean service providers have been facing customer complaints about the poor quality of 5G networks since the Mm. initial launch. It is reported that customer experience over 5G networks regarding speed and connection still remained an issue at some level in December 2019, that is nine months after the initial launch. It is therefore vital for service providers to carefully manage the timing of 5G commercial launches and the marketing terminology of their 5G services to reflect the reality of their 5G network coverage and quality. Service providers will risk losing customers.
0: Yeah, very well put. I think that's the the that's the ultimate uh price they have to pay. If they set the expectations too high too early, yeah. and then they don't deliver, then consumers won't stick around. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm particularly worried about that in the U.S. market because we've um, had some strange marketing tricks that uh, one of the carriers here has pulled where they've called part of their 4G service a uh, 5G evolution. Mm-hmm. And the, the worry here is that they're going to confuse consumers into thinking that 5G isn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then when they upgrade to 5G, they'll the consumer might say, I don't really need to do that. I've already, I've already got 5g on my phone.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: so it's a good point that you bring up. Uh, they definitely need to set the expectations at the right place and then, uh, deliver on the network experience. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ramona, one last question. This has nothing to do with your report. Um, you're based in Beijing or, um, uh, we're recording this at the first of April or, or the, first week in April, is there any, um, uh, movement restrictions now in terms of, uh, quarantining, uh, or keeping people, uh, socially distant, you know, to, to slow the spread of the coronavirus or anything like that? Cause we're, we're kind of in lockdown here at the U S and I was wondering how things are, uh, in your, in your city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the local confirmed cases of coronavirus are dropping in China, you know people are starting to get back to work, but things haven't totally got normal yet, and Beijing still have several restrictions. For example, all travelers from other countries arriving in Beijing are required to take coronavirus tests and then quarantine for 14 days. And if uh. a traveler is arriving in Beijing from other provinces or cities in China, he or she will still need to quarantine for 14 days. So overall, Beijing still has strict restrictions, especially over the travelers, because... China is seeing the risk of a second wave of COVID-19 outbreak as right, the imported yeah. cases are growing here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because uh, the rest of the world now is is having the really fast first wave of outbreak, and so you don't want that to um, turn around and then arrive back in, in a city where it's already been... Uh, Put under control somewhat. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, thanks for the update. Thank you so much for uh, for talking to us about the report and uh, please stay safe and we will talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, Phil. Thank you for having me. Stay safe.
0: I want to thank Avast for sponsoring this week's podcast. Avast partners with network operators around the world, protecting the digital lives of their customers. With over 15 years of experience delivering carrier-grade security solutions, you can trust them to help build solutions consumers can rely on to keep them safe today and to protect them against future threats. Let Avast help you build a safer digital world for your customers. Learn more at avast.com slash partners. That's A-V-A-S-T com slash partners. That is it. That's our show. Thanks to Ramona Chow at Omdia for her time and in insights. Uh, thanks to our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good, even when we don't. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for uh, paying attention, because if you weren't paying attention, we wouldn't be able to get away with doing all of this at work. Please do tell a friend to subscribe, and thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast.